0: Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris.
1: Welcome in Winning Cures Everything. It is the Tuesday, July 19th edition of the show. And today we are discussing The Big Ten West. That's right, Iowa all the way through Northwestern. This was a crazy division last year. We're not going to dance around or anything like that. We're going to go ahead and dive into these teams because uh, we're going to make it a little bit shorter. You know, I've been going kind of long on these, but I I think that we can get in and get the information out and give you my prediction on the season for all of these different teams. Uh, So we will go ahead and start with that. Let's start off with the Iowa Hawkeyes. And, of course, Kirk Ferentz, a fantastic job last season. Hit the over for me, so that was certainly good. Uh, last year, 10-4, and four, and here, we'll scroll that down just a bit. Uh, but one thing that is concerning here, obviously, the post game win expectancy for them last season only added up to uh, not quite seven wins. So they played 13 games in the regular season, uh, one of them being the Big Ten championship game, which was a complete and total disaster against Michigan. Uh, this team was uh, interesting. so let's uh, let's start off let's talk about the uh, projected SP plus record which is seven and five this year but if you look uh, their win total seven and a half, they are projected favorites in only four games this year. I mean that is just abysmal uh, not what you would expect from a team that's you know number 30 in returning production and and won 10 games last year. But again, that issue with the post game win expectancy six point seven three wins last year and six point two seven losses. Uh, turnovers were a big, big portion of that. We're going to talk about that in keys to the season here in just a bit. So let's start off with the offense. It was atrocious last year. PPA per drive was number one twenty five on offense. Rushing success rate number one oh six. Passing success rate number one sixteen. Uh, offensive explosive play rate was number one oh five. I mean, it was you you could not get worse than this offense last year, and yet they found a way to win 10 ballgames. The offensive coordinator, Brian Ferentz, he's taken over quarterback coaching duties as well. Uh, But, I mean, my gosh, uh, with an offense as bad as what he was last year, uh, you would have to assume that uh, giving him the the quarterback coaching duties uh, probably wouldn't be my first option, honestly. Uh, The quarterback, Spencer Petras, and Alex Padilla are back. But, I mean, my gosh. Were they bad? Number one sixteen overall success rate. Um, I mean, they they were number one twenty two in passing PPA per play. Like it's just and PPA is predicted points added. By the way, Uh, you do have four starting offensive linemen back, but you are missing the center uh, Linderbaum. Running back Gavin Williams takes over. Uh, Plenty of wide receiver experience here, but you got to have somebody that's going to get them the ball. I don't know what to think about how bad this offense was last year, and it doesn't look like there were a ton of changes. So, uh, can you be as successful as you were last year? Uh, The roster strength on offense is number 93 in the country. Uh, They are number 75 overall. Defense is number 40. So, at least they've got, you know, one side of the ball as a strength. But, man, uh, just uh, offense was awful last year uh, as far as the defense goes. defensive coordinator Phil Parker, national treasure. He is an absolute legend. He is going to field a good unit every year regardless. The linebacking core is deep. Cornerbacks are elite. Defensive line and safety are going to be fine. Uh, There are certain key players back, including the defensive backs, uh, Moss and Merriweather. Linebacker Campbell is back, along with three defensive linemen, but they do lose defensive end, Valkenberg, cornerback Hankins, safety Kerner, and Belton. All those guys are gone. Defense was number four in takeaways per game last year. They were number 11 in rushing PPA, number 16 in passing PPA. Can you maintain that elite level? Uh, that they did last year without some of those star players. I would imagine that they are going to be just fine on that side of the ball, if only because I trust the defensive coordinator a whole lot. Uh, That's what this team is founded on. I mean, that's what they are built on. That's their identity is a tough, swarming, aggressive defense. They will continue to be so this year. Uh, Keys to the season here, Uh, again, the win total is 7.5. They are plus 450 to win the division I mean, I, this does not look like a team that that could win the division again. And yet, they won it last year with a lot of the same bunch. So, I, they were plus 19 in turnovers in 10 wins last year. And in the four losses, they were minus seven. So, when they didn't turn the ball over and they were actually able to generate turnovers, yeah, they were able to win games. When they didn't and they turned the football over, they had four losses and they were kind of lopsided. So uh the offense number 45 in scoring opportunities, but number 121 in points per scoring opportunity, they just could not get into the end zone. I mean, the fact that they were number 45 in drives inside the opponent's 40 yard line, and yet number 121 in points per drive, that is insane. Absolutely insane. Number seven in turnover margin is gonna have to be maintained again unless there's some kind of change on offense. Uh Again, I brought it up earlier. Post-game win expectancy last year, that's a bit of a cause for concern. Is that luck? Is that coaching? Uh kind of makes you wonder. Kind of makes you wonder. I've got this team going 7 and 5 this year. It would not surprise me to see them drop all the way down to like 6 and 6 because the schedule is pretty damn difficult. They've got Ohio State on this thing this year. Uh it's I mean, it's rough. It is pretty rough. Uh you do get an Iowa State coming in and and everybody knows that Iowa just always beats Iowa State, regardless of the circumstance. But, uh, but yeah, I've got them at 7-5. and five. I, I think they're going to be okay because I trust the foundation that Kirk Ferentz has built, but I don't imagine that they are going to be improved from last season. I will certainly say that. I don't think they're going to be any better than they were last year. Uh, it's going to take some big-time changes. Uh, they were number 5 in penalties per game, number 7 in turnover margins, so this team did not beat themselves. If they can continue to do that, yeah, I mean, I guess the sky is the limit, but man, uh, that what they did last year—minor uh, miracle, minor miracle. All right, we will move on to the Minnesota Golden Gophers and PJ Flex bunch last year. A uh, little, I, I would say, overachieved. Other than the fact that postgame win expectancy said that they were right where they should have been, they were uh, nine and three, or excuse me, eight and four in the regular season. Uh, Post game win expectancy said they should have been 9.11 and 2.89, so 9 and 3. A uh, little surprising. They are number 44 in returning production, 67% coming back, most of that coming back on offense. The defense, only 60% coming back. That's number 79 in the country. Roster strength, uh, they're okay. It's just that the offense is uh, it's a little heavily tilted that direction. Defense, number 78 in roster strength, thanks to the guys over at CFB Winning Edge for that. This team did not run a lot of plays last year. And P.J. Fleck flat out said in the spring that last year was a failure on him as a coach, and you know I I guess I can understand it. If he's got a different set of expectations, I guess I can understand that. The offense was not great. Number seventy-seven in PPA per drive, uh, number seventy-nine rushing success rate, number eighty-five passing. They were number one fourteen in explosive play rate, just not awesome. But they did a good job of not turning the football over, and they didn't beat themselves with penalties. So that's certainly good. The new OC, of course, we'll talk about the offense first. The new OC, Kurt Soraka, was at Penn State for one year. He was the leader of that huge 2019 season where, you know, they had great wide receivers. Uh, Somehow Tanner Morgan was the quarterback and is still the quarterback. Uh, It just continues on. But uh, but Sanford Jr. was fired as the offensive coordinator due to a just a lack of a passing game. They were number one eighteen in passing yards per game, number one twenty seven in attempts per game, and the only three schools that had less passing attempts per game than they did were the service academies. I mean, it's kind of insane when you look at it. Uh, the Encore Four are all back for their sixth season, and that's Tanner Morgan, Mo Ibrahim the center, John Michael Schmitz and the wide receiver, Chris Altman bell. Uh, this, this team, they do lose some offensive line help. So that is certainly going to hurt. Uh, but the center Schmitz is back. So that is, that's a key piece that you would like, especially when you've got a quarterback coming back, Michigan transfer left guard, Chuck Felicia, Filega? I'm I'm not sure how to say it. Tell me in the comments, tell me, uh, how you pronounce this name. Um, He's in. The remaining offensive line talent should help the running backs be more successful than they were last year. I mean, it really, for as good as... For as much as they ran, they were not really great at it. They weren't successful at it, and yet they found a way to win nine ballgames last year. Uh, As far as the defense, Joe Rosie Rossi, however you say it, had a disastrous 2020 but was uh, top 10 in points per game and total yards per game in 2021. So that is definitely good. Uh, Six of the top eight defensive linemen as far as snap count are gone, and they also lost their leading tackler, which is uh, the linebacker, Jack Gibbons, and of course, they lost uh, the cornerback, Durr there, Coney Durr. Linebackers should be okay with Sori Marin and Oliver. Secondary has got talent. they got two safeties that played 650 snaps last year. Uh, Two transfer cornerbacks that could be really good. you got Stapp from Abilene Abilene Christian and Bishop from Western Kentucky. Uh, This team is a projected favorite in eight games this year. Their total uh, is set at 7.5, and, and it's uh, juiced a little bit to the under. I was a little surprised by that. Uh, they are plus 550 to win the division. The fact that Iowa actually has shorter odds than they do, that's uh, a bit surprising to me. Uh, if you look at the keys to the season here, they were plus six turnovers and wins, minus three in their losses, so there wasn't like a huge discrepancy, but you could certainly, you could certainly tell when... They didn't turn the ball over, and when they did, there was a big difference in in winning ballgames. Field position for this team last year was massive. Number six on offense, number one on defense. Uh, but I don't I can't figure out how they got there. Right? I don't think it was turnovers and all that. In kickoff returns, they were number one nineteen in the country on actual return yardage. Uh punt returns, number sixty, and they were number eighty-two in takeaways. So I'm not sure exactly how the numbers got there, but but they started in great field position on both defense and on offense. They allowed 26 touchdowns in 47 quality possessions last year. I mean, that's not great. Like the 47 quality possessions, that's pretty good. Uh, the 26 touchdowns is not. They, uh, they ranked 105th, allowing 4.02 points per quality possessions. Uh, the defense, as good as they were, they need to figure out a way to get stops this year. Uh, they need the offensive line and defensive line to hold up. I mean, the biggest key to the season is the offense coordinator Kirk Soraka, and, and Tanner Morgan. Can they click again? Can they recreate that 2019 magic that they had? Uh, if they got wide like if they have wide receivers that can develop into studs like Bateman was, then you could have a monster season this year. Uh, P.J. Fleck for all the stuff that goes on outside, there are of course former players that want to talk about him and everything, that want to talk bad about him. Uh, I mean, he's been a pretty successful head coach. Like, he has figured out this division pretty quickly. Uh, they've beaten Wisconsin twice. Like, I'm I'm a little shocked at that. Uh, I don't expect them to be able to go into Madison this year and get that win. Uh, but I've got this team at 8-4. and four. Like, I think it's as goofy as that culture may be uh, for those that are on the outside like myself. Uh, the people that are inside of it firmly believe in it and I guess I can get with that. I, I understand what they are trying to build there, and it looks like it's working. The uh, schedule looks a little bit tough at Michigan State, at Illinois, at Penn State, at Nebraska, at Wisconsin. It's kind of tough. Kind of tough. I don't imagine that this is a team that will uh, that'll win the West this year, but crazier things have happened, certainly. So I've, I've got them at 8-4. and four. I've got them going over that seven and a half. Uh We'll see. We'll see. It, it's tough with those road games, but... You know the first three games set up brilliantly. Would it surprise me if they beat Michigan State? No. Um, you got Purdue at home right after that. Then after your bye week, you got at Illinois at Penn. Like the schedule is is okay. There's nobody on this schedule that's that's not beatable. So I I guess anything could happen here. But I'm I've got them going eight and four, uh, getting projected favorites in eight games. Let's uh let's jump ahead into the Wisconsin Badgers. Last year was a weird season. Started off the year 1-3, and three, and Paul Christ's bunch ended up 9-4. and four. And, you know, you could tell a massive difference between the way that they started and the way that they ended. Uh, the new OC, well, let's do this. Returning production, not good. I mean, it's 55%. That's number 103 in the country. Uh, defense, takes the biggest hit of that, number 118. So Jim Leonard certainly has his work cut out for him. Uh, offense number 62. You got 65% coming back. Uh, this team last year was almost exactly what they were supposed to be. Their post-game win expectancy was 8.03 and 3.97. Uh, so 8-4 and four in the regular season, and the post-game win expectancy said it was as much. So the games that they lost, there was really no chance of them winning. And the games that they won, there was really no chance of the other team winning. I mean, it sets up pretty well statistically. Uh, as far as roster strength, I mean, the offense has the majority of the strength this go-round, number 28. Now, would it surprise me if that swaps middle of the season or so once the newer guys that are coming in understand Leonard's aggressive system? Uh, wouldn't surprise me at all. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, the offense, I mean, let's start with that. The new OC is Bobby Ingram. Uh, comes over, he, he's he got a lot of NFL experience. Uh, you remember how he was... He was going to be the one to get Wisconsin Caleb Williams at quarterback. We were going to see a whole new Wisconsin system. Uh, did not turn out to happen, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, this is, I mean, this is basically what Wisconsin is. They they run the ball, and they are going to continue to do that. Running backs Allen and uh, Malusi combined for two thousand eighty three yards last year and seventeen touchdowns. They're going to have another strong offensive line. They got three returning starters. That left side is super strong. The rest of the guys will be able to develop. Paul Christ knows what he's doing with an offensive line. Uh, what can Bobby Ingram do with Graham Mertz? I mean, I think that's the biggest question. He lost 11 interceptions and four fumbles last year, but the worst part was they were number 115 in passing PPA. The offensive line was actually pretty good as far as pass per. They were number 6 in Havoc Rate Allowed. Uh, I mean, you look at these numbers, 101 in PPA per drive, like the rushing success rate was number 40, passing success rate was number 75 uh, as far as their explosive play rate number 129 out of 130 in the country I mean it just no explosive plays really so you know the this was another one of those teams that didn't run a bunch of plays tried to be as efficient as possible uh, limit the number of plays so that the other team doesn't get more opportunities and that's the way it worked they were number 126 in total plays per game moving over to the defense I already mentioned number 118 in returning production you look at Jim Leonard like he's he's always lights out but what do you do with only 45% returning production uh, it may take a little bit to get the defense to gel this year you got four defensive back transfers coming in there's only seven plays or seven players that have 158 plus snaps you've only got four with 300 plus that were already in Leonard's system so it may take a little bit of time for them to understand exactly what's going on here but the schedule sets up brilliantly uh before Ohio State comes in in week 4, I mean you got Illinois State, Washington State, and New Mexico State. Like you should be able to hammer those teams and get that defense really gelled by the time the Buckeyes come in um or before you go to the Buckeyes. Uh I'm I guess like the secondary has got to figure out the attacking scheme. Defensive line along uh linebacker should be pretty strong this year. Uh you know, we we'll, we'll see exactly what happens here. Uh as far as the schedule goes I mean they are projected favorites in 10 games their win total sits at eight and a half it's juiced to the over at minus 135 they are plus 165 to win the division and and that does make sense that does make sense to me Uh, during the first four games last year Graham Mertz uh, just awful number 117 in total QBR in the final eight games they were number 29 or he was number 29 Uh, the biggest issue that they're going to have this year as far as that offense goes only four players caught more than eight passes and three of them are gone so you got a whole new slew of receivers this year both at tight end etc i'm i'm curious what what this is going to look like because hiring ingram it appears that you want to somewhat modernize this offense and that may take a little bit of time now again schedule sets up really well early on with some pretty easy wins and that yes that includes washington State i know that's going to be a you know, uh, styles make fights kind of a game. But regardless, uh, I, the turnovers last year, they were plus 10 in their wins and minus 9 in the losses. And and do not go back and watch that Notre Dame film. Oh. In four losses last year against, and these were top 50 yards per rush defenses, uh, they averaged 2.59 yards per rush on 140 rushing attempts. In their nine wins, they averaged... 5.57 yards per rush on 427 runs. They eventually just went away from Graham Mertz throwing the ball. Like, it was a fairly predictable offense, but they ran up against teams that could not stop them no matter what. Will they be able to do that again this year? Because you do have five teams that are uh, on the schedule that had top 50 yards per rush defenses. It, we'll see. We'll see. I've I've got this bunch going 9-3. and three. It seems like Paul Christ always goes 9-3, and three, regardless of what else is happening. Uh, he, This is a strong football team. I kind of expect them to do the exact same thing that they've been doing. Uh, go 9-3. and three. I don't know that I expect Graham Mertz to improve a ton. And even if he does, I don't know who he's going to throw the ball to. I think Wisconsin could probably end up winning this division. But again, do they have a real shot at winning the Big Ten title? probably not but I I'm, I'm curious to see what Bobby Ingram does I want to see what this team develops has through the first three weeks uh, again number 103 in returning production but you've got three weeks to really be able to figure this thing out before you play against Ohio State uh, other than that the schedule is feasible they, they can make it work so I'm I'm curious let's uh let's go ahead and hit some ads and then we will hit Purdue on the backside Let's take a break from the show for just a minute to give you some info on things you should know about. Visit winningcureseverything.com to find everything you need to know about us, including full shows in video or podcast form, our gambling picks, our store, the gear we use, and more. Subscribe to us on YouTube to get not only the full shows, but individual segments, along with other goodies as well. We're over 5,600 subscribers right now, and our goal by the end of football season is 7,500. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever's your favorite podcast app. And if your app allows it, leave a five-star written review. Visit the Winning Cures Everything web store to get all kinds of football shirts, hats, hoodies, coffee mugs, and more. You can visit winningcureseverything.com slash store and see what all we've added.
0: You have one unheard message. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: And now, back to the show. All right, the Purdue Boilermakers and a monster 2021 season last year for Jeff Brom and that bunch. Uh, we'll start off with this. Post game win expectancy, a little scary. Six point oh two and five point nine eight uh, for a team that went eight and four in the regular season. That is a cause for concern. Uh, as far as returning production goes, number sixty one in the country, sixty three percent coming back, it, offense and defense both uh, relatively strong. Offense obviously stronger than the defense this year, but you know, I, this. I mean, the numbers were awesome last year. I just. Uh, it, 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 this was really good, a good rebound year for Jeff Brom and that bunch. Let's uh, let's look at projected SP Plus record seven and five. It's what Bill Conley's got him going. Uh, as far as roster strength, like I said, the guys over at CFB Winning Edge have got him at number sixty six in the country. Um, you lose David Bell, you lose George Karloftis, you lose Xander Horvat, you lose Milton Wright. Um, I mean, it's just you know some some big name guys, and yet there are quite a few guys actually coming back. So, there are studs at certain positions, and it looked like they got that energy back towards the end of last season. I'll I'll certainly say that. On offense, we'll start off with that. Brian Brom's unit. The offense averaged 33 points per game when David Bell got 70-plus receiving yards and 22 points per game when he did not. So, he was the linchpin for the offense. Uh, Now, obviously, you watched them in the bowl game against Tennessee, and you had Brock Thompson... Catching for two hundred plus yards, whatever. Uh, you had the uh, tight end Durham actually catch uh, catching what a couple of touchdown passes. It looked like O'Connell was going to be fine. Uh, the offensive BPA drive last year was number forty nine. They were number eighteen in passing success rate, number sixty seven in rushing success rate. Uh, not as explosive as you would imagine them being. Number one twenty in explosive play rate, but a lot of that might have been how how many plays they actually ran. Uh, remember that's just play rate, nothing, nothing more than that. Um, let's uh, let's look at Aiden O'Connell. He, he lost the wide receivers Bell and Wright. Uh, Wright, of course, academics, uh, another casualty there. Tight end Durham, wide receiver Thompson return. Brom can develop skill players. We already know that. I would expect a lot of these guys that he's got in there to be pretty successful this year. Uh, the offensive line does have experience. They got three starters back. Another with 450 plus snaps. You got two good transfers coming in can they get anything out of the run game now I understand that that's not exactly what Brom specializes in but they were number 128 in rushing PPA per play you gotta do at least a little bit better than that uh, so that you can you know maybe get other teams off your trail get them away from the quarterback a little bit just try and confuse them some uh, be a little unpredictable I- I'll say that moving over to defense they lost the defense coordinator Brad Lambert that's going to hurt. He headed over to Wake Forest. So the co-DCs this year are Ron English and Mark Hagan. Uh, what is this defense without George Karloftis? I mean, the defensive end last year, uh, you can talk to coaches. I mean, they will tell you other teams schemed and shifted and did all kinds of things on their line to specifically stop him. And yet that defense was still really, really good. If you don't have a guy like that, what can this defense be? I'm really curious. They were number 62 in Havoc rate, number 41 in PBA per drive, number 69 in scoring opportunities, but also number 35 in points per scoring opportunity. A scoring opportunity, by the way, is a drive inside the opponent's 40-yard line. So, you know, the fact that Purdue allowed that many drives inside their 40-yard line and were able to still get stops, that's pretty awesome. Defensive line does have four guys that return with 350-plus snaps, Linebackers Graham and Douglas should be pretty good. The secondary, well, okay, you've got the cornerback Brown, you got the safety Allen, you got Indiana transfer cornerback uh, Taylor coming in. Like, we'll see what happens here. We'll see what happens with this defense. They are projected favorites in five ball games out of twelve. No, that's not good. Uh, however, their win total is seven and a half. It's juice to the under at minus one twenty five, but uh, this team is plus five fifty. It, to win the division. And and maybe maybe they're doing something that... Let me look for the right word here. Maybe they're doing something so completely different from the rest of the division that it catches everybody off guard. Now, I mean, obviously, Braum's been in this division for a while, so everybody knows kind of what to expect. But if they are so much better at throwing the football than everybody else and they can outscore teams, then maybe we got something here. As far as keys to the season... Uh, This is another team just like the other ones. Plus 7 turnover margin in wins. Minus 9 in their losses. Uh, They were number 78 in turnover margin last year. That's not going to allow you to compete for the division. It just won't. Uh, This team's post-game win expectancy last year certainly caused for concern. I mentioned that earlier. They were 8-4 and in the regular season. Post-game win expectancy, as far as what the stats say they should have been, was closer to 6-6. and Now, was that luck that allowed them to win two extra games? Or was it coaching? If it's coaching... Maybe you can expect uh, to replicate the results. If it's just luck, mm, we'll see. Defense was number forty-five in rushing success rate allowed. Number forty-five in defensive line yards. Uh, can you keep it up? Like, because if you can't stop the run in this division, you are probably toast. Uh, that offensive energy, as I mentioned early on, uh, it appeared to be back last year, especially towards the end of the season. How much of their success last year was offense? Versus having a pretty good defense, like if you've got a great offense and a pretty good defense, you can win a lot of ball games. If you've got a great offense and a crap defense, you're probably going to lose a lot of ball games. I want to see what they look like this year, heading into the next season, uh, or heading into you know the middle of the year, the conference season. I I really like the team. I've got them going seven and five. That first game against Penn State, massive swing game. I mean, just a massive swing game. Uh, I expect them to go on the road and beat Syracuse. I think they're going to beat Florida Atlantic at home. Um, I mean, the road schedule is not all that daunting. you got a lot of good games at home this year. Your road schedule at Minnesota, at Maryland, at Wisconsin, at Illinois, at Indiana. You should reasonably expect to be able to win one, two, uh, three. I mean, at least three of those road games. Uh, and then you got your other ones at home. you got Iowa at home. you got Northwestern at home. you got Nebraska at home. I, I think you got a, a good chance of being pretty good this year, but I want to see what the defense looks like. I I just I've got to see what it looks like without Lambert and without Karloftis. So uh, so I've got them at seven and five this year. Uh, it's going under the win total, but would it surprise me to see them go eight and four, nine and three? You know, show up in Indianapolis? No, not in the slightest. Like Jeff, Bra- all of these teams are pretty well coached. All of them have a very strong identity. I, I like Purdue. I think they're going to be all right. So, 7-5 and five for me on Purdue. Nebraska. The Nebraska Cornhuskers. No. Let's swap that around. I want to do something different here. We'll save Nebraska for the backside. The Illinois fighting Illini. Now, Brett Bielema, year one. I don't know that you can call it anything but a success. In year one. They were they went five and seven and no they didn't make a ball game they probably should have though. Um, Illinois surprised me a lot last year. Uh, their projected SP Plus record this year is four and eight. And of course, when you look at the numbers, I mean it does make sense. They were number ninety four in PPA margin, number eighty one in net points per drive. Uh, but this is a team that you know didn't beat themselves. Number thirty two in turnover margin, number twenty six in penalties per game. Their biggest issue this year. You got a lot of momentum last year, and now you have only 57% returning production. That's number 94 in the country. So that is not good. Uh, As far as defense goes, number 95 in returning production. Offense is only number 83. But you did begin to establish a culture, and that's certainly a good thing as far as Illinois is concerned. Let's start off with the offense here. Number 102 in PPA per drive is really bad. I mean, just really, really really bad. Uh, Rushing success rate number 62, the passing success rate. Uh, There's a reason why they brought in Tommy DeVito uh, for one year, right? He's the quarterback from Syracuse. Uh, I would imagine he starts over Sitkowski. But they also swapped out their offensive coordinator. Passing success rate was number 124. Not going to get it done, especially if you cannot run as well as these other teams in the division. I'll say that. The new OC, Barry Lunney Jr., he was the OC at UTSA. He was Bielema's tight ends coach at Arkansas, helped establish guys like Hunter Henry, et cetera. Uh, Transfer quarterback, Tommy DeVito. You got to hope that he hits. You got to hope he hits the running back. Chase Brown is back. He had over a thousand yards rushing last year, 5.9 yards per carry tight end. Ford is back looking for a strong senior season, which should really work with uh, Barry Lenny jr. As the, uh, as the offense coordinator, because he understands of course, how to work with tight ends Uh, along with that. Uh, the wide receiver, Isaiah Williams, is back. So that's that's good, definitely a good thing. You got, some, you got some playmakers there. You got some studs. You got leaders in the locker room. I think that's the biggest thing here. Offensive line's got a couple of studs on the right side. Uh, the rest is going to be rebuilt. But if there's one thing that I trust Brett Bielema with, it would be an offensive line. Uh, they were number 21 in line yards last year, number 15 in stuff rate allowed. So really the run game should have been better than number 72 PPA per play last year. Uh, as far as rushing PPA. I'm curious what it'll look like this year with that rebuilt offensive line. Uh, you're starting off mm, relatively easy. Eh, I mean, not, not easy, obviously. Uh, you got Wyoming at Indiana, Virginia, and Chattanooga in the first four games. It could be tricky, but, you know, you those are all beatable teams this season. Uh, let's talk about the defense. Defensive coordinator Ryan Walters did good things in year one. That team was really good at tackling. Uh, number twenty-eight in points per scoring opportunity. They actually got stops, so that was promising. Number fifty-nine in PPA per play. Uh, that was an improvement over the previous coaching staff for sure. They allowed only eighteen points per game over the final nine games of the season. Uh, the tackling again was fantastic, uh, but big issue here is the linebacking core replacing five out of six. There's not a lot of depth behind their their studs at defensive line and at defensive back. Only two D-line transfers, so they're relying on recruits and guys that have already been in the system. Uh, how good can Walters develop the inexperienced, unheralded guys? Right, I, I like his schemes, but how quickly can he develop those guys that don't have a ton of experience? That's going to be an issue. They're projected favorites in seven games this year, uh, at least according to the guys over at CFB Winning Edge. Their win total is 4.5. Now, it's juiced to the over at minus 130. And a big part of that is the fact that, again, only 57% returning production. Uh, if you look at the keys to the season here, uh, they, first off, they probably should have made a bowl game last year. Their postgame win expectancy was 6.12, and they only went 5 and 7 in the regular season. So they were right there in a ton of ball games. Uh, they were number 32 in turnover margin, 26 in penalties per game. That means they didn't beat themselves. You got to keep that going. already brought that up before. Team was definitely starting to gel at the end of the season, but again, it was really weird because you went three and two down the stretch. You you beat Northwestern, should have done that. Uh, you won at Minnesota, that was surprising. You won at Penn State in nine overtimes, uh, again surprising, but you lost at home to to Rutgers. Uh, you know, losing to Iowa on the road is nothing to sniff at. Uh, I understand that, but uh, regardless, like how how do you go beat Penn State and go on the road and beat Minnesota? and lose at-home directors, right? It's just inconsistency, just the biggest thing. The biggest question here, how much does 57% returning production hurt after a step in the right direction in year one? I I mean, I will begin to see that, I would imagine. The big issue here is, did you have enough time in year one to establish the culture so that everybody understands what their role is? I, I think so. I've let it be known on this show multiple times. I like Brett Bielema. I expect him to do good things here. I think he's going to be a good, good coach for Illinois. I think this is a step forward this year. I think they go 6-6. and Like, I I think they win their first four games, and then it's tough sledding the rest of the way because that is a tough, brutal schedule, Uh, especially after you get that Chattanooga game in week four. uh, You got at Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota. Then you get another bye week, You play at Nebraska, Michigan State, Purdue, at Michigan, at Northwestern. Just a brutal schedule. But I think that they can get those first four games. I think they win those first four, and then you find two more somewhere else. Like, I've got wins over Purdue and Northwestern, but it wouldn't surprise me if they end up beating Michigan State or Minnesota again or if they beat Iowa this year, et cetera. I think Illinois can make a bowl game. The over-under is four and a half. It's juiced to the over at minus 130. I like them to go six and six. Especially if you're a favorite in seven games, yeah, that's the way I'm rolling with it. All right, uh, we'll come back after this. We're going to knock out Nebraska and Northwestern. Let's take a break from the show for just a minute to give you some info on things you should know about. Follow the show on Twitter at Winning Cures, or you can follow the guys at GaryWCE and at ChrisBGiannini, or you can also follow us on Facebook. If you want more content from me, Gary, visit BetUSTV.com. I host the How to Gamble on Sports Show and, from August through January, the BetUS College Football Show. You can subscribe to both on YouTube. Got your own podcast or web show? Looking to start one? Or you're just curious how we look and sound so good? Well, we've got all the gear that we use listed on our gear page on the website. And if you order using our links, you'll be supporting the show, too. If you're interested in advertising on a show that reaches over 80,000 unique football fans per month during the season, send an email to Gary at winningcureseverything.com. And we'll put together a plan that best fits you or your business. And now, back to the show. All right, we're moving into the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Huskers. Scott Frost. Not a good year last year. Now he has come back on a, a shorter contract, a, a contract that pays him less money. So that definitely doesn't make you feel good about the prospects for this season. However, when you look at this team and what they were last year, only three wins, and yet their postgame win expectancy was seven and a half wins. Like, this team should have been a lot better than they were record-wise. Uh, you look at this number that they've got here, number 100 in returning production and with some teams that really scared me and with them it doesn't really because you've got a lot of transfers coming in just a ton of guys you've got a new offensive coordinator um and the defense was pretty good last year it was you know it was okay uh i i expect some new things this year i will say that uh let's uh let's look at the projected sp plus record eight and four mm, okay like let's let's see uh Let's talk about the offense first. Number 35 in PPA per drive. They were number 75 in rushing success rate, number 26 in passing success rate, and number 36 in offensive explosive rate. The numbers here would lead you to believe that this was a much better team than just three wins. It just, it still blows my mind watching this team last year. The new OC is Mark Whipple, Uh, of course, came over from Pitt. He replaces Matt Lubick. Again, the offense was okay, it was just bad decisions in some key, key spots that uh, that really got them beaten. some of these games. They swapped out the quarterback Martinez for Texas's Casey Thompson. Um, along with that, you brought in three wide receiver transfers. You now got five wide receivers that uh, had 342-plus snaps last year. The offensive line appears to be uh, pretty strong. They were number 31 in havoc rate allowed last year, so pretty good offensive line. Passing offense was number 26 in explosiveness last year. But they only had 57 plays of 20 plus yards. That's number 86 in the country. Hey, if you were that good at it, why did you not do it more often? That's that's my that's my question. Uh, can Whipple's play calling, you know, help them do more of what they're good at this year? That's that's what I'm curious about. So, Mark Whipple, it took him a little while to get things going at Pitt, but once he did, man, they just took off. I'm curious how his offensive philosophy can work. Successfully with the defense for uh, Eric Chinander. I hope I said that right. If I didn't, you can roast me in the comments. It's okay. Uh, Talking about the defense number 64 PPA per drive, number 80 rushing success rate allowed, number 88 passing success rate allowed, but they were number eight in explosive play rate allowed. So, uh, you know, what are you going to do? I'm a little surprised that this defense was. Uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? It, it, the numbers didn't look good, but when you watched them, I felt like they were a lot better than the numbers showed. Uh, the defense does replace a lot on the defensive line and in the secondary. Linebackers have a ton of experience coming back. Defensive line transfers, Mathis from TCU. You got Wynn coming in from Alabama, Drew from Texas Tech. Like You got legit guys playing defensive line. I think they're going to be pretty good at that position. Uh, along with that, uh, I've got uh, six defensive transfers coming in that should be, um, you know, they should play early and they should play often, I would imagine. Uh, You got, you know, including transfers, there are nine guys with 455-plus snaps, so they should be plenty experienced this year. Uh, They are projected favorites in 10 games this year. Now, their win total is 7.5, and and it's just the same, minus 115 to the over, minus 115 to the under. Um, Let's talk about this. Let's start. They're plus 275 to actually win the division, which is kind of insane, considering they only won three ball games last year. But sometimes wins and losses are not everything, right? It, especially when you're going into another season, you're trying to look and see exactly where they got better, et cetera. Uh, their field position, which is directly related to special teams, was awful last year. Number 91 in offensive uh, field position, number 97 in defensive field position over Frost tenure. Nebraska should have won about 23 games based on the final stats, right? Post-game win expectancy. They've only won 15. Like, that's not luck at at a certain point. It's coaching. Can Frost get out of whatever funk he's in and make the right decisions? Uh, Special teams were a complete disaster. They've moved Bill Bush to a full-time special teams coordinator because they did not have one. Uh, Frost says he's going to start using more starters on special teams. Okay. Uh, it's it's one of those where you really need to show me. Um but I'm I'm kind of bought in on him this year. Like I like Casey Thompson, I like what he did with the offense in Texas. I think that Frost being willing to take a pay cut, being willing to change over some of his staff, etc., he wants this thing to work. And and I think they will this year. I've got him at eight and four. Would 7-5 and surprise me? No. Would 6-6 and surprise me? I mean, nothing with this team would really surprise me at this point. They're projected favorites in 10 games, but they got six games that are toss-ups. Toss-ups, for me, are games that are projected to be within one score, so eight points or less. I, you know, the schedule looks reasonable. They get Oklahoma at home in week four. Um, Yeah, I, I think that there's a chance that they could do really good things this year. So I've got them eight and four. I could go and see. I could see them doing anything from five wins to ten wins. It nothing at this point would surprise me with this bunch. Uh, what would surprise me, I think, is them winning the division, like plus two seventy five. Uh, I think the second favorite odds behind Wisconsin. Whew, okay, okay, you got to show me on that one. All right, uh, we're gonna move on, and this is the last one for the day. And of course, we've gone well over the forty minute mark for seven teams because. I like to talk a lot. But uh but that's what I do. You know, that's that's what we're here for. We're here to discuss previews. So we will move into the Northwestern Wildcats. And Pat Fitzgerald. Pat Pat Pat. Um, three and nine last year. Postgame win expectancy said three point four three and eight point five seven. So yeah, round round about right. Returning production. Normally, after a bad year, Northwestern is gearing up for the next year, right? We've seen this multiple times in Pat Fitzgerald's tenure where you've got a bunch of seniors that uh, graduate, et cetera, and then it takes a couple of years to get the other guys developed into being pretty good. I don't know that I see it this year. Uh, those numbers last year were really, really bad, and... While I want them to be better, uh, because obviously I have a little bit of a Northwestern bias, since our buddies in the Westlot Pirates uh, all went to Northwestern, and they support North—I mean, I, I've been to Ryan Field, like I, you know, <laughs> I like uh, I like Northwestern, but I don't uh, really like the team this year. So let's start off with the offense. Sixty-eight percent returning production on offense. Uh, The OC, Mike Bajakian, he is longing for the glory days of Peyton Ramsey as the quarterback, of course, from the 2020 season. Uh, But even those numbers were not great for Peyton Ramsey in that bunch. Uh, The quarterback situation has been dreadful. So, you know, Helinski can only improve the situation, I would hope. Running back Cam Porter, back from injury, he missed all of last year. Uh, But that did lead for Evan Hill, excuse me, Evan Hull, to run for a 1,000-plus yards this year. So you got two studs at running back this year, so long as uh, Cam Porter comes back healthy from the injury and everything. You're going to need improvement from the wide receivers. Um, Kurtz, Washington should be healthy now. Uh, the Offensive line looks strong. They got to be better than number 100 in stuff rate. I mean, it, the running backs could not even get past the line before they had somebody hitting them. Uh, and luckily, Hull and that bunch were able to at least do something, you know. Yeah, you look at the offensive uh, numbers: number one twelve in PPA per drive, number one eighteen in passing success rate, uh, number ninety seven in offensive explosive play rate, but rushing success was number eighty. You know, and no, it's not a huge jump up, but like they were at least able to do something. On defense, Jim O'Neill didn't exactly make people forget about Mike Hankwitz in year one at all. Uh, I mean, they they just, I mean, from the first game, the first play of the first game. They were just getting shredded over and over and over again. Linebacker and defensive line uh, look kind of weak. The secondary, um, even with the loss of Brandon Joseph, like looks to be the strong unit on that side. Four defensive transfers should be able to play a lot this year. Uh, only 58% returning production. Is that actually a good thing when some of the career backups that were thrust into starting roles last year did not perform well? Right? So we'll, we'll see. Uh, if you just return production and it wasn't good does that mean that they're guaranteed to improve no so maybe the other side is well we just get rid of all those guys bring in the new ones see how we fare with that can't be any worse right i mean especially based on what they were last year Uh, number 107 in ppa per drive number 108 in rushing success rate allowed number 101 in passing success rate allowed uh just brutal they are projected favorites in 3 games. Their win total sits at 4 and it's juice to the under at -125. Everything was bad last year. Let's talk about the keys to the season. Uh I mean field position was brutal. Turnover margin was number 102. Uh I will tell you this, there is something about Pat Fitzgerald teams where they do not beat themselves as far as penalties go. They were pretty disciplined there, number 14 in the country. Uh, Fitzgerald does this dance, right? Good season, bad season. 2018 he was 9 and 5. 2027 and two, but in 2019 three and nine, 2021 20, three and nine. Like the issue is going into those good seasons, you could at least see talent and experience and what they were building towards. Right now, I have no idea. Like absolutely no clue. The offense was number 130 in goal to go touchdown rate last year. They were number 122 in points per scoring opportunity. Like you got to be able to finish drives this year. Uh, the numbers were just abysmal and while there are a few pieces here that could bring a little bit of hope like a bowl appearance for me this year would be an absolute shock for this team I've got them going three and nine would it surprise me if they get to four wins maybe five no if they get to six wins I I would be shocked I would absolutely be shocked so i I wish for the best for Northwestern but who that is a tough road to hoe, and I don't know. I don't know if I trust Jim O'Neill. I don't know if I trust Bajakian. Uh, I should trust Pat Fitzgerald at this point, and yet, and yet I don't right now. Maybe I should. Uh, you Northwestern fans, let me know in the comments. I would love to hear what the hope is for this season. What can we reasonably expect for the Wildcats? All right. With that said, we are nearly up to fifty minutes, so we're going to get out of here. Uh, Not sure if I will hit the East on Wednesday or if I'm going to hit the East on Friday, but I will try and get the Big Ten East done this week. All right. uh, With that said, you guys have been absolutely fantastic. Subscribe to the show if you've not already. Go ahead and share it out. Tell your friends about it. Uh, If you are on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and do us a favor and subscribe for one and leave a nice written five star review. That's going to help me out a ton. YouTube, we finally hit 6,000 subscribers. That is a step in the right direction. We're hoping to get to 7,500 by the end of football season. So help us out with that. That would certainly be a big-time help. With everything that is going on, I hope that you guys all have a wonderful rest of the week. We will be back with multiple shows, but I just hope good things for you. So with that said, you all take care of yourself, take care of each other, and hopefully all of your tickets cash this week thanks for listening to the winning cures everything podcast the website is winning cures and if you want to connect with us we're on twitter at gary wce at chris b at winning cures or you can email us gary at winning or chris at winning cures subscribe everywhere you need to subscribe and we'll see you soon